0: Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk.
1: Shopkeepers, though, are facing a wave of crime and harassment at the moment. Shane Gleason is with me. Shane runs five spa shops in Limerick. What's your experience,
2: Shane? Um, we've had a lot of aggression and intimidation going on pretty much since COVID started. Uh, I don't know whether people got cabin fever or whatever. But the people are coming in, causing hassle, uh, in fighting with staff, creating a row, uh, often videoing it for their own um, whatever. They, they put a clip of it up on social media and seem to think they're brilliant just because they had a fight with a staff member. Um, and it, It's it's getting too, too much for staff. Um, in some cases, we've had extreme violence, as you saw last night on the television. Um, the, the, the number of times that happens is actually quite small but it, it still does happen.
1: So you've had you have, had staff assaulted, Shane? Uh,
2: as late as last week, uh, we had a youth, uh, 15 years of age, came to the shop, was trying to steal, um, and he punched my staff member twice in the face. Uh, there's very little my staff member could do about it because the young man is clearly underage. Um, and even though my staff member plays hurling, or he's quite a fit young man, um, you still shouldn't have to take that kind of behaviour. It's not okay but there are actually no consequences for that young man for doing this.
1: When you say this has got worse since COVID, do do you mean... Oh,
2: significantly worse, yeah. It's very obviously worse. Um, People seem to be more aggressive, uh, more self-righteous, and it's not everybody. It's a tiny minority, really. Um, Like, we we have maybe 3,000 customers a day go through the shop, and you might have four or five of these people in the total of the day. So it's a big number of people, but you... When you go home at night time. You remember the ones that caused you the trouble, uh, and that's not really fair. And people going in doing a day's work, no, they, they, they don't deserve to have that hassle.
1: And so, what can you do? Because I know, Shane, for you, you've an, you know you've a number of different uh, businesses oh. and, and staff working for you. Like as a business owner, how how do you protect staff? Like, how, what can you do in these cases?
2: Not a whole pile. Uh, we're finding the guards are brilliant. They do come. Um, because a bunch of these make that are particularly bad, there's three of them, and they're arrested up to eight times every day. The guards have to release them pretty much immediately because they know their age. Their parents are no help because they're easily bad. Um, and there's very little the system can do with them uh, due to their age. So the, there isn't really a solution currently for that situation.
1: So what is the solution in your view?
2: Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe something has to be done in connection with the parents, Uh Surely if a, a child is under 16, there should be some control at home. But the reality is, with the, the parents of these particular three, for example, I know them well, and the three sets of parents would also be barred from the shop for, for thievery. So it, it's not that you can go to mom and dad and say, can you can you help out here, can you sort them out? Uh, it's just not possible. Uh, you, you, I wouldn't be surprised sometimes if they're being sent down to get stuff uh, and no money given them to them. That there was an excuse used several times to us, whether it's true or not, I don't know.
1: This suggestion around some shopkeepers um, calling for the right to name and shame well-known shoplifters. Uh,
2: Well, it's probably coming from a situation in England where the the local constabulary have a WhatsApp group for the local retailers. And if a well-known shoplifter or troublemaker is coming to town that day, they put it out on the WhatsApp group as soon as they're seen and everybody's alerted to watch out for whoever that may be. Um, and GDPR legislation in the UK is identical to here. So I would hope that we could potentially do that in Ireland as well. And that would certainly be a help.
1: So what, if, you know, Andrea Gilligan comes into to your shop in Limerick and, and I'm well known for this, you'll take a photo of me in the shop and put it into the WhatsApp group and send it to the other business yeah. owners to say well, the, Andrea the, is in town?
2: Yeah, but it's actually the police that do that in the UK in smaller towns. Uh, and I think it should be done here as well. They're, the guards know exactly who they are. They, they generally have a long record anyway. Uh, most of our shoplifters would, you know, they have been up before the courts 50, 60, 100 times, whatever they're is. They're known to you? Oh, they're well known to us. But often they come in in different clothes um, for their day's activities. Uh, or we might get a visit up from a few from Cork. Or indeed, Cork might get a few from us. It's, it's a two-way street. Um, but it, it would help to know at least that they were coming in. But the, the bigger issue for us isn't so much the shoplifting. that That is a big issue in itself. The bigger issue is actually the intimidation. Uh, we're getting people coming in with mobile phones. They're visiting the staff. They're creating hassle with the staff and visiting them to see what response they get. Uh, and then they're posting that on social media. Mm. They get some kind of a kick out of it or I, I don't really understand what they get out of it, but they're doing it. Uh, and that's so
1: antagonising your staff, Shane, to try and get a response.
2: They do, yes, they do. Uh, and I've seen them do it to Guardian on the street. I've seen them do it to bouncers. Um, it just seems to be a new thing to do amongst a mm-hmm. certain group of people. Uh, and they'd be showing off to each other as to who's got the best response. So the, it's, it's just intimidation with a mobile phone and it's become very regular since COVID started.
1: The, the idea of naming and shaming um, well-known shoplifters, shoplifters—like—is—is is, mm-hmm. do you think there's support for that. Well, I think
2: every every retailer would like to have advance notice if if somebody's seen coming to town that you you know is a bad person. It's not something you're putting up uh, for public view or anything, but uh, you know a warning that John, whatever he is, is coming to town today, and he's got a black tracksuit on and a black cap. At least it gives you a sporting chance, of preventing him gaining entry to the shop.
1: But how can There's you? General... I'm I'm curious as to how this plays yeah. out. Will you know you Joe Blogs is in is in town, and and mm-hmm. you get a, a notification about this? But mm-hmm. can you just can you just stand at the door and say, You're "Not getting in"?
2: Oh yeah, you do. Um, and I might get a phone call from somebody on a corner street to say, "Listen, so and so is on the way. We've just stopped him here," uh, and then I'll move myself to the door and I'll prevent him gaining entry to our shop. Uh, and then it prevents all the hassle from starting in the first place. So we already do that on an, an informal basis, uh, generally just a phone call because uh, we generally know the direction they're going and who else they're going to hit
1: because
2: mm. so this this kind of person will hit any shop. They're not terribly particular. They just want to rob something.
1: Sheena's with us as well, Shane. Sheena is um is a is a pharmacist um in Dublin. Sheena, what kind of instances or what what kind of you know incidents have you had?
3: Hi, so my pharmacy is in Milltown in Dublin 6. And normally, I have to say, we're fairly lucky. We don't experience too much crime. Um, But I would agree with Shane that over the course of the pandemic, you know, I think there's multiple reasons for it, really. Some maybe just bored people (laughs) that got frustrated. But also, we definitely saw a rise in mental health issues. And this, for us, I suppose, manifested itself uh, one night last February or March where we were closing up the pharmacy for the day, myself and a colleague. And normally, look, we're in community pharmacy because we're a caring profession and we would always try and help people out when we can. So someone knocked on the door after we had, I suppose, the shutter halfway down and we were just doing the end-of-day processes and we, I went to the door to see who it was, you know, while the door was still locked. And there was a very well-dressed man there asking, could he come in? He didn't feel well and he wanted some cough bottle. And look, up until that point, like I'm a third generation pharmacist from Rothcommon. I I grew up with a father who went to every effort to try and support his community mm. and I, I kind of just, I was like, oh, sure, yeah. Like we always would at that stage try and help people let them in. So I made the mistake of letting him in and taking him at his word. And very quickly, you know, a knife was produced. And so myself and my colleague were then held in the pharmacy for, I think, we were looking at the cameras, obviously, with guards, and they were saying seven minutes. And um, he kept us there, and it was quite traumatic. And What's going through
1: your head, Gina? When you're there, so like a, a knife pulled basically on, on you and your colleague.
3: Yeah, and very much waving it at us. And, you know, he wanted medication and I suppose that's a, that's a risk in community pharmacy. And I know a lot of pharmacies deal with this kind of thing a lot more regularly than we do in Milltown. But he he was very clearly not well and we were just very very nervous because he was very erratic mm. and when i saw the knife it was very long it was like um i think the guards were saying that it was some sort of wood tool so it was you know a perforated very long knife almost like a bread knife but with sharper kind of perforated blades and my first thought was oh my god like i've let him in and my colleague is here she i put her no. at risk i know but you know that's know, know. a business owner and so i just spent the first couple of minutes trying to get him to leave her alone I said no I'm the one you want I'm the pharmacist here she can't help you I can help you and um, and we we tried to work it that way but equally my poor colleague was going oh he's three, in her head you've three young kids at home don't touch her don't touch her she's the mummy." you know it was just we, we we've a very close team and we were both just trying to protect each other now obviously we have our processes that you know We went through and we knew what to do and my colleague managed to press a panic button of which we've several located around pharmacy and I definitely would recommend that to any retailers. And so we knew the guards would have been alerted, but unfortunately, you know, he left by the time uh, the guards got there. But, you know, we went through the process of trying to manage him as best we could without you know,
1: risking mm, our own. Like a very well-being. frightening experience, Sheena. For you and your colleague, do you think the the suggestion, like the Shane mentioned, this idea, of had you have received? Um, well, look, in in your case, maybe you weren't to know in this instance, but this idea of, um, you mentioned Shane. Sorry, it would be a message that would come from from other shopkeepers. Is that right? Two staff. Yeah.
2: Well, the the system they set up in the UK is one controlled by the the police there. Um, so they spot somebody coming in, or a shopkeeper does indeed, reports it to them and then they publish it rather than an individual publishing it. So you get a, an alert on your WhatsApp on your phone that whatever the this individual is on the way or it's in the general area, uh, and it gives you a chance to, to react and uh, be ready to, to deal with it. It as sounds possible, similar or,
1: to kind of the neighbourhood watch text.
2: It's very, very much, but it's very much instant. Um, yeah, well there's probably a
1: photograph as well so Do, would, would, are, yeah, yeah. Would, would you be in favour of that Gina?
3: Yeah like the first thing when I heard you talking about kind of naming and shaming I was very concerned purely just because look we're used to into, in pharmacy we provide the confidential service so I'd be hesitant to share footage obviously in any situation other than with the Gardaí but also the risk of defamation you'd want to be very sure if you go accusing someone of doing something like ultimately it's only the state that can deem someone guilty however what Shane seems to be describing there seems to be you know an official pathway that the Gardaí are involved in and that's different it's very frustrating when you have shoplifters in and we've had it several times and You know that you call the guards, you give them the footage, and it's very clear that, you know, you could even have a reg number for a car. And ultimately, in my experience over the years, I've never gotten my stock back and I've never gotten any compensation. So there isn't really adequate consequences. So and it is it is a big Mm. problem.
1: Eddie is with us on the line because I've been asking people today to get in touch um, about this whether or not you think this would be a system effectively as as Shane described it something similar to a neighbourhood watch style warning to business owners uh, whether or not you think this is something that would work what do you think Eddie? Is it a good idea?
0: Um, I'd have a bit of an idea now I'm not from a retail background so I can't speak to that but um, I am involved with the Chamber of Commerce here in Trocada and it is one of the issues that would be spoken about from time to time. Um, I'd say we probably have a similar level of that type of uh, activity going on here as, as occurs in most other towns in the co- in, around the country. Um, the difficulty with a uh, naming and shaming system would be that until somebody has been um, convicted of a crime, you can't really say that they are uh, a bad person. So I see a huge difficulty with a, an official system going around that's uh, giving people a label um, and blocking them from getting gaining entry to places. I can understand the shops doing it themselves and I know that there are informal situations and that probably works reasonably well if they know the local person and, and it's kept among themselves but there's, there's a huge difference in my view between um, petty shoplifting where somebody goes in and robs a couple of chocolate bars and i know all of that is a major hassle for the, the shopkeepers because it really eats away at the bottom line um but there's a major difference between that and somebody who goes in with the terrifying situations of one of your contributors mentioned there of holding a knife to their throat so i think you need a completely different system of um dealing with each of those i my own view is that the the issue we have at the moment is that there are no consequences, and the consequences should be related to the actual um, the crime itself or the activity itself. If somebody has gone in and robbed a couple of chocolate bars so they can prove to their mates that they're you know they're cool dudes, then the police calling to the house and if you mentioned that to the parents is probably sufficient to you know set them on the right path. Whereas if somebody is willing to take a knife into a place, or do hit uh, a customer or anything like that? Then the full weight of the law needs to be brought down on them, and that's something that the legal system really need to have a look at. But isn't that, But it is, to...
1: isn't the point though, Shane, that you were making about this? You you feel it's it's not actually sufficient enough to deal with the examples that you have.
2: Like we we've had a lot of other situations. Uh, my son tried to prevent one theft, uh, and a man pulled a needle on him and then chased him up and down the street trying to stick it in him. Uh, now that individual subsequently went to jail for five years Uh, so the the law did react very well to us from start to finish but that was obviously due to the seriousness of the situation Um, but as late as last uh, St. Patrick's morning at five past nine um, we were threatened by an individual who was not long out of jail uh, would have had something to do with gangs previously and would have been caught in possession of a gun and then this guy is inside the shop threatening us and on the shop down the usual stuff um, but nothing happened to him when the guard escorted him off the premises that was it that was the end of it uh, so obviously the fear in my staff is well the guards didn't take it seriously he'll be back again tomorrow um, but if they actually do something the guards are brilliant to follow up on us and deal with it but to me the threats and the intimidation Well you nearly
1: and, need to commit the crime really
2: Yeah I think so I think so and I think intimidation in itself should be a sufficient crime if somebody's Absolutely. coming in threatening to do you in, um, that's a serious crime. Mm. That has a serious impact on the person behind the counter. Um, and it's not good enough just to take them outside, give them a talk, and, to, and they walk away. And I, I know the jails might be full, and I know there, there's a limit to what can be done. But we need to protect shops, shop staff. You, should, you shouldn't you should have to face intimidation in your daily mm. work life. If so you come in behind the counter, reception desk, wherever or even to a guard on the beach, the same for them, or an ambulance guy or fire brigade, they should not have somebody hassling them, intimidating them, giving them hassle every day. Nobody deserves to get that in their day's
1: work. Okay, I'm interested in hearing from people and quite a number of you getting in touch with us about this, whether or not you would support this uh, system, something similar to what they have in the UK where, you know, business owners, as Shane mentioned, could be notified of, well, well well-known shoplifters. In, in the area. I mean is it something you think would work?
0: Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.
1: Sheila Clark runs Clark's convenience store in Ballinagh in County Mayo. Sheila, you were listening to the to the discussion there about whether shoplifters should be named and shamed. What's your view?
4: Hi Andrea. Um yeah I uh, to be honest with you, the Some of the individuals involved, I don't think naming and shaming would actually impact on them at all, because they have no scruples, they have no crams, and it wouldn't put in on them in the least. No impact? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, You know, for my staff, it really does come down to intimidation. And they might be, you know, following on from an incident in store, they might be leaving the premises and leaving then looking over the shoulders because somebody would have threatened them like, well, I know you live or I'll get you when you leave work or something to that effect. And some of these individuals are well known and they're known to the Gardaí. But again, because they haven't technically done anything, nothing, you know what I mean, nothing happens to them. But then there's nothing to stop them coming into the store, saying whatever they want, intimidating, shoplifting, whatever it might be. And we're left then victims of that crime but technically it's not a crime.
1: What kind of violence and, and intimidation, Sheila, have you had to deal with? Well, thankfully,
4: we are lucky enough in that we haven't been victims of serious violent crimes. Um, it really does come down to verbal assault or um, intimidation um, or just young fellas coming in um, causing disruption, um, shoplifting to beat the band. And you know, just making life difficult for the staff on the on the shop floor. Is shoplifting um, a daily
1: occurrence, or is that too too? too I much hate of a to think
4: that it is daily because, to be honest with you, you nearly want to be sat in front of the camera for the entire time the shop is open. And I'm I'm quite sure I'd see a lot more than what we actually are aware of, um, because. You know, certain things might tip you off, you might get a feeling about somebody or you might find something misplaced around the store. So it's only when you go back kind of reviewing that you might catch an incident and a lot of times it's very difficult to spot because these individuals, they're very proficient in what they do and they they know what they're at and they know what Mm -hmm. they can get away with. And a lot of the time they know there's not going to be any repercussions. So why wouldn't they?
1: This system that Shane Gleason told us about that happens in the UK that's right like that's the police you know will, will, will notify if you know whatever I Joe Blogs is around but.
4: Yeah a system like that would be very useful when it comes to say instance like if you had someone coming in trying to pass Um, fake currency or maybe pull off a con or something like that, I think a a warning system like that would be very useful because we have had incidents like that in the past where you'd have a con artist come in and try and, you know, pull a sleight of hand to um, defraud you of cash or goods or whatever it might be and they will do an area when they do come to town, do you know what I mean? They don't just do Mm -hmm. one shop and leave.
1: Um, Like fake 20 uh, euro notes or something like this sort of fake notes Oh
4: absolutely yeah fake 50s or they might do a slight hand where they'll hand you a 50 and walk out with 80 because they've you know, moved money around in their hands so quickly that they confused the staff behind the counter and ended up getting back their original 50 plus whatever change would come out of it, do you know what I mean? There's, uh, look, there's all sorts out there, Andrea. And I think a system like that where, you know, you could flash around an image of either an individual or a vehicle to say, look, this is, this was spotted, this happened, something like that, certainly. And I think, you know, if that went through the Gardaí as well, obviously there'd be uh, an official record of these incidents. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there is at the moment because, again, because a lot of them aren't, you know they're they're difficult to class as crimes, or because these well, conversations by the time you you realise there's been a, an incident, they're long gone, and um, and it's very difficult to follow up on. Yeah,
1: a, a lot of this stuff it's it, it's it sounds to me. And sorry, I don't mean that, in I know not to belittle it in any way. Like, yes. but you know, a lot of it by the letter of the law probably isn't a crime. I'm not saying that's no, right. But it,
4: no, and you see, this is this is where it sort of falls between stools. So unless there is a physical assault or property is damaged, or something along those lines, we have very little recourse. Um, and, you know, you don't want to wait until something happens, because, you know, people have enough stress to deal mm. with in their lives without coming in kind of going, well, I'm going to have to put up with X, Y, and Z. But, like, is the other shoe going to fall? Am I going to end up with somebody coming at me over the counter? You know, we put up the prospect screen for COVID, and I am loath to take them back down, Andrea. I know a lot of places have. you still have. got them
1: up, Sheila? Yeah.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I have no intention of taking them down. And that's an awful thing to have to say in this day and age, but I wouldn't feel safe. I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't do it to my right. staff at this point. Um, because, you know, while it's only a bit of plastic, it's still some divide between them. Yeah. You know, especially staff over here later at night, and especially my female staff, because, you know, I, I might only have two girls on staff of an evening, and you get three or four lads coming in, and they're just lording it over them, intimidating them, and it makes their work very, very difficult. And I don't see why that should be, Allowed, no. I don't see why it should seem acceptable. You. Uh, do you know what I mean? So this is where we really feel frustrated, mm. and this is where it makes jobs difficult because you know you're trying to retain your good staff, but they get to the point as well where they're like they can't cope with the job.
1: Sure, I know why, and why would why, you, you know, know and, and why why would they put up with it? I have to say, I, I think oh, yeah. I think this suggestion, I think, is a great idea. I think it's brilliant. But I, I have to be oh, honest one, with
4: you. Yeah, the US system it is. When, uh, when it comes to, you know, Young in Lifting or whatever like that, I, you know, it's quite local. And like I said, you know, naming or shaming and putting people
1: on, on alert for them might have some impact. But I'd I'm nearly surprised. I have to be honest. I, 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 I kind of struggle to see how it's nearly legal, if I'm honest with you. I thought there'd be some issue around GDPR or how this would actually work. But this is why
4: you would have to go, this is why you would have to go through mm. umbrella go That's the only way it could be done because we aren't permitted to share CCTV images. Um, You know, we'd have to redact, we'd have to do all sorts of things, and it could only go out through a legal channel. Mm. Um, So it, it, it wouldn't be down to us. Um, you know, and I, much as I would love to have a system like that, there is nothing there like that at the moment. No, and absolutely, um, it might be on a, on a person-to-person basis. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it's something like that, but you it would be a very tight Tip type each thing other off
1: anecdotally, nearly. Kind if, yeah, of, but yeah. it literally
4: would be person to person. But you know, I think a system like that, run collectively, would be very, very useful.
1: Well, I can tell That's you the, 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 if Shane, Shane's still with us, the, I can tell you the lunchtime live listeners um, are very much very very much in favour of of this suggestion from what I can see from uh, the text line today we'll have to we'll wait and see if anything comes from that but Sheila thank you for for getting in touch with us Uh, Sheila there from um, Clark's Convenience Store in Ballinan County Mayo and Shane Gleeson uh, was with us there a little earlier too
0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on News Talk.